and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk to one of my new friends who happens to have been an entrepreneur for the last 22 years. She has started and built and scaled three lucrative businesses and is now on the, like the verge of starting her next big project, which is a nonprofit working in the foster care system. And we're going to hear all about that in a bit. She is a visionary, which means she can see see possibilities where most people don't. And she happened to be at the last Dream Life Adventure in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And one of the reasons why I wanted to chat with her on the Dreamcast was not just because of the nonprofit and all the things she's created and the success that she's had. We we definitely want to tap into that. Um, But what I loved about her showing up on the Dream Life Adventure is that she she just said yes. I randomly logged in and I was like, oh my gosh, we got an order. Woohoo, someone else is coming. And she didn't spend uh, you know, a ton of time asking me questions. She didn't, she just said yes. <laughs> I think that's a testament to action takers that we had talked before, we knew of each other. And then she said, you know what? I need to be there. And she didn't think twice about it. And so the Dream Life Adventure was the first time that we've like got to meet in person and talk and chit chat outside of Facebook and social media and that kind of thing. And so I'm excited to hear her version of the story uh, because I was so glad that she did say yes. Not only did she add value to the um, activities and everything that we did there, um, but I pray that she got a bit more clarity and, you know, got a, a kick in the right direction to say yes to these dreams that are brewing um, because what she's creating is so valuable. So big Dreamcast, welcome to Nicole Holt. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. The crowd goes wild. Woo-hoo. <laughs> okay, so first I want to hear a bit of your story. Why did you say yes to the adventure? So I'm going to burst your bubble because we have met before in person on a cruise. And I know, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really, really brief. And it was like maybe a five, 10 minutes after party kind of like thing. Um, and that was, I guess, almost seven years ago. Um, but I said yes, because I trusted you. I trusted you. I felt like I knew your story and your heart. Um, I had heard you speak at other opportunities. um, And it always like pumped me up and inspired me. And I knew of the dream dinner from other people um, that were pretty, it was pretty exclusive at the time. And so I always say like, if I had an opportunity to do that, I'm jumping on board. I'm going to figure out a way. So it was my 40th birthday. Um, So that was my way of asking my husband, like, hey, I signed this up, but it's for my 40th birthday. Um, And give me an opportunity to travel for the first time in two plus years. Um, But it was kind of like, everything will line up. I will figure it out. Like I just, the red in me was just like, shoot, because I trusted 
you. And I knew that if I didn't go, I would continue to be stuck with all of my big dreams um, and I would miss out. So I just said, yes, I'm going to do it. And I'll ask questions and I'll figure it out later. Amen. (laughs) I love that because you're right. I think, I think at the end of the day, when you're like, you have this stirring and you feel a bit of a block. You need an event like this to get outside your normal everyday routine, to talk to people that are outside of your normal, like everyday conversations, to sit down and have the space to ask yourself powerful questions and to get powerful responses from people that aren't in your day today. So you are the most excited about the dream dinner. I'd love to hear some of your aha moments from the entire experience. Um, I think, I mean, you kind of explained it. So even if you gave me a book, right. Um, which I have, um, multiple of yours, it's, it sits differently outside of your own routine. It sits differently than, um, you know, your own family, your own team, your own structure. Um, and you are very intentional with a compound, um, and balance of both exercises and questions and mind and body work, but also that networking connections that you have with other people. So you get to share your experience with other and you get to hear their experience and their expertise. Um, and I remember there was one person, like he kept on sharing all the books and I'm like, I'm writing that down, writing that down, writing that down. And so my favorite part would actually be all of that combined. Like there is no other space that I have been in that was that intentional, that focused for such a short period of time in a new environment with new people that allowed me to compound. Okay, here's your questions. Now here's an exercise that goes with it. Now you're going to release that, or you're going to dream about that. And then to be able to have a supportive community, to be able to foster that was huge. And If I had to choose one little thing, we were sitting on, so we had just hiked like two miles in the rain, which I loved. Um, And I'm sitting up over the river, creek bed, I guess it would be a river, um, and started seeing butterflies coming up. And I don't think anybody else was seeing the butterflies yet. And then a few minutes later, you had said something about butterflies and transformation. And it was just literally all alignment, divine timing. Um, because we were releasing things in our letters. And so it was just so perfect. But then from there to be able to have a conversation. And so again, that compound effect and how things just line up um, and you couldn't have planned it. Um, then to have a conversation with you and brainstorm and be visionary and listen and hear um, from others was really, really huge. That was so cool. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was, it was literally like fairyland. Yeah. Willy Wonka uh, slash. And I say that because there's a part where um, Nick jumped in and then like all the butterflies like came up. Um, but it was just, it was magical. It was really, it was magical. And what we really work to do, right. Is hold the vision of what it is that we want. Meaning we kept saying, this is going to be a perfect walk. This is going to be a perfect hike. Everything is going to work out. We got there and it's pouring. I mean, it's not a thunderstorm that's passing. It's like hard rain, but we just kept our positive attitude. And we were like, we're going for it anyway. 
And we're trusting the journey. Now in the back of my head, I'm going, what is our plan B? How do we eat lunch in the rain? Like I'm start, I'm trying to like think about how this is going to work. Um, but we kept at it. We kept going and it, everything that can go right will go right. Right. Like this, the rain ended right when we got to our spot, the beautiful butterflies came and it was even better than if it would have been beautiful weather the entire time. Absolutely. Cause one of the things that we learned, um, for example, is the butterflies wouldn't have been out and or stuck around because of the rain. It was able to pull out minerals from the earth. Right. And so they actually stuck around and you saw them eating and hanging out. Um, yeah, there is, it was a sequence of events that if they did not go in that sequence and it was beautiful sunshine the whole time, I doubt that we would see that many butterflies and in that extent and like where they were and everything, it was just, it was magical. The other cool thing that we remembered was that we kind of got lost on the way because the GPS with the clouds was like not great. And so if we, again, if like that wouldn't have happened, the timing would have been off. And so what we learn is keeping the vision, even in the storm, literally, (laughs) Um, but also to trust the journey. And because if we trust the journey, even in the rain, we, we number one are not, we weren't, nobody was grouchy during the rain. Nobody complained. Nobody was like, why are we doing this? Nobody wanted to sit down. Nobody wanted to leave or turn around. Like we all were, had that good energy throughout the process. And I think that transfers into all of our life. Like if we can hold our high vibe, as they say, hold that positive attitude, even in the midst of the storm, we trust the journey and we don't stay stuck in it because oftentimes, you know, when things are hard, we can ruminate and we can be we can not only be grouchy ourselves, but we spread that grouchiness to others. And that just didn't happen. So there's the two things of holding that vision strong and having that the positive energy throughout it, that makes that magic happen. And we often don't see the magic until it's over. Right. When we come back and we're like, Oh my gosh, how did that, the, the butterflies wouldn't have been there if it wasn't raining. They were like hiding from the rain and then they stayed to like eat. And it was just so, so beautiful. Yeah, we created, definitely created an adventure out of it. Like you said, nobody was grumpy. We all had fun. It was just like, okay, we're going to get wet. Um, There was some that were in shorts and tank tops. And it was just like, just let's, all right, we're, we're taking this challenge on. And so we may, I think in some ways made it even funner that it wasn't the way we planned. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you got to do the dream dinner. Tell us what you came as and how was that experience for you? Ooh, um, so ooh, the dinner part was great. The letter writing, even though like leading up to it, I tried to plan, I tried to sit down and write like what I mentioned before, like you can have all the things, but in your environment, sometimes you're still stuck. And so it didn't really like, even when I was at the airport and I had a six hour layover at one point. I sat and tried to like really write my letter and I couldn't, I was still stuck, but everything that you brought out and everybody else um, contributed to for the weekend really helped me elaborate my letter. And luckily we were late, right? Everything (laughs) could go right, could go right. Um, Because we were supposed to like start mingling around 530. And I think it was like 615. That was like 45 extra minutes for me to write my letter, which was perfect. Um, And so I really was able to dive into our family 
um, and we are fostering. Uh, we currently have four kiddos. And so I literally was like set up in five years, where's this child going to be? And my contribution to them, like our relationship, how does that look like? Um, and so I did that. And then my relationship with my husband, my relationship with myself, um, and all aspects, physical health, my financial well-being, um, and really wrote that out. But if you say like, who did you come as would be someone that was peaceful and rested and intentional with their time and had started a nonprofit and had launched it because that's been an idea that I had for quite a while um, with a partner. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I've been stuck is I have not wanted to launch that on my own. I wanted to have community, even in the involvement of the creation of the nonprofit. And so what was really cool is in the letter, originally I was like, okay, our five-year goal is we're going to have an actual location. And I was writing the letter. I'm like, oh no, we got it done in two and a half years because we were streamlined and we were focused and we were intentional. So we actually got it done in two and a half years. And our five-year goal ended up being that we created a um, LGBT safe house for youth. And that was not on my regular vision. And so I think that that kind of just shows like it, it, even in the planning process of the letter that propelled forward, because that was not my original like end goal. And so I showed up as someone that was intentional and that was focused part of community that was arrested and was able to put her time where needed and had a successful nonprofit that had kind of branched out um, in multiple areas of my um my district or my region, um, and being able to help kiddos, which is my passion. So yeah. that's happened to me so many times. We're in the midst of doing these exercises, a new dream is born. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Or because we come and in this cocktail type environment where we say, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. What are you up to? And people are asking you questions like, how old are your kids? And you go, um, let me think. <laughs> or what about this? Or how is this? Or whatever. We're all sharing in that kind of cocktail type environment, which gives us a place to talk about our dreams as if they're done in a bit more casual way. And then we do spend time reading our letters, but so many dreams of mine have been birthed from these activities because of the feedback I get from others. Yep. You know, for example, last in the last event in March, one of the ladies came up to me and she said, oh my gosh, I had so much fun at the dream life adventure we did with my family. And I was like, oh yeah, that's an idea. <laughs> and you just think like, like it is, it's, it's so much more than just an event. It really creates the space for dreams to be birthed. Uh, but then also for that networking to happen. And so those next steps can be clear. So share with us a bit about the important, cause you didn't know anybody, right? You didn't know any other people necessarily that were going to be there. How was the attitude of the community and what did you get from meeting other people? Um, the attitude was all the, just like, let's, let's embrace, let's dive in. Um, so even from the very, very beginning, um, I was probably, I think I was the farthest from everybody for traveling and I was flying in and I wasn't running a car. And there was just some things that didn't seem like they were lining up. Um, and you were able to connect me with other people that had just flew in. And even that was like, where's she at? Cool. Let's all drive together. Like, 
we'll let this stranger in our car and, oh, they need stuff and supplies at the grocery store. Yeah, we'll stop and get stuff at the grocery store. Like, and so just the embracing of the, the connections and the community there, we all knew that we had a similar desire, um, wanting, and, you know, we didn't, we talked about our dreams. We talked about, um, our limits. Um, we talked about how to create possibilities and opportunities. And I didn't see anybody there that was closed off. Everybody had an open heart and the experience that you created and the contributions of your team, your dream team allowed us all to continue to embrace that. And that was to me huge because I didn't know anybody and now they're all friends and checking, Hey, you know, where are you at? And I'm excited to hear this. And, um, I've even had a few that have sent me other resources for my nonprofit as a result. And so it's continued to just, um, uh, compound in that sense to, to move forward. It's, it's some of the people I didn't know either. <laughs> and so it is always so amazing to see that the people who choose to say yes to this, um, are like our kind of people, you know, they're open, they're learning. They all have value to add. They all are in different industries. You know, some are in network marketing, some are in real estate, some are, um, doing Amazon stores, some are salespeople and, and different corporations. And so we all come from different kind of backgrounds, which is so cool because we all have something to add to the conversation. And so we have group time where we all get to hang out and we and we talk and we go through exercises, but then we also break people into small groups. So that way everybody has a chance to share because I know not everybody wants to speak in front of you know a group of 20. Um, or, and we don't need it to take four hours. So we break people into groups. So that way everybody has a chance. So you get to really talk about real stuff. And I think that it's actually, at least for me, easier to talk about hard things with people that, you know, you're not going to see at the grocery store. (laughs) There are people that you, you know, are live on the other side of the world and aren't necessarily a part of your circle. And so it's can be easier to talk about real things with somebody like that. Um, and so we did, we talked about some of the things that have hold us, held us back, the things that, you know, the reason why we're not kind of where we either want to be or like our next step that's desired. And then we, we work to bridge that gap and, and make it a bit shorter. So that way we can kind of catapult ourselves into that next dream that we have. Um, or as you said, even that dream grows while we're there. So let's talk about your nonprofit. Tell us a little bit about it and what steps you've been able to take since the event. Um, goodness. Okay, so we still don't have a name, um, but we've narrowed it down. Um, so I, I couldn't necessarily say that there's a name, but um, within the first like three or four days that we had come back, um, I was asked to speak at two more events um, to advocate for foster care, which gives me a platform and connections to continue to grow the nonprofit. Um, we were planning a Mother's Day, um, like foster adoptive Mother's Day uh, luxury picnic that was going to happen um, just a few weeks after. We were able to secure 
I think 30 plus donations, like it was over 30 different donations from people just by getting out into the community and asking, we're doing this. Would you like to do this? Um, And one of which was really, really phenomenal was a devotion. Um, And so originally I had asked for 15 and within like I think it was an hour and a half that had doubled. And so we got a devotion for every single mom, but also to match that because we come alongside our birth families or our primary families, we got a devotion for them. And so it was really cool to be able to see like, um, you know, iron sharpen, sharpens iron, right? So uh, the devotions in that and how big that exploded allowed each foster mom to then have a devotion for herself, but give one to her bio mom so that they had hope and they had encouragement during their journey when they don't have their children, which is huge. Um, And so that was pretty cool. Um, I was able to identify through conversations with you, like what areas I wanted to work on, um, what areas I was really good at and what areas I'm not good at at all. And so that allowed me to streamline my time. I actually, um, I guess, closed down one of my businesses that I've been doing for the last 22 years. And that was a really hard decision, but through my time with you and the questions, it was just like, yeah, okay. I, I can't keep doing all of this stuff if I, and add more to it if I don't streamline my time and my energy and my focus. And I have to say yes to the things that are going to propel me forward. And then from there, we created a 90-day plan um, to launch the nonprofit and get money started up. So we're working on that right now. And I was like, okay, I got to bring this home. So I copied, um, each night I copy the journals um, and I create, so I'm really bad with tech and my schedule is really, really all over the place a lot of the times and I have to play Tetris. So instead of doing it on paper and my husband and my kids always asking, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are you doing? One of the things is I got a digital device that shares everybody's screen and they can comment and they can like, and they can put pictures in it. It's been amazing. And so I'll actually put your questions in the night before. And we have all made intentional time as a family, our oldest is 15, then my husband and I to look at those questions. And then we come back the next night and we'll share kind of how that group setting, how you created um, and give us an opportunity to teach our daughter, our, our oldest, how to ask questions. And for me to get in the practice of asking questions. So that's a few things that we were able to do since coming back. Uh, yeah. Um, I we, mean, so, okay. Let me, let me, re, let me, holy cow. Good work. Okay. So um, first of all, your nonprofit is a support to foster families. Is that right? So you're yes. creating curriculum and Um, resources and things for foster families to have additional support during their journey, knowing that it's not smooth sailing ever. Um, But you certainly don't leave out the birth families because you want to create, you want um, healthy relationships all around. And so your nonprofit is something that, that all of the agencies in the community can tap into and refer people to, because you'll be kind of like a resource hub and have your own curriculum and things to support um, the emotional side of, of the journey. Because whether you know that, that you're fostering for a time or you're working towards adoption and that could take years, 
Um, it's, it's, it sounds like this is a very needed resource and you can see that through the things that you're planning are getting full. You know, you said, all right, let's do a picnic and really get foster moms together and start this conversation. And they said, yep, we're showing up. And then you said, let's get donations so that we can support these moms without, you know, without just, you know, good conversation, but like the next step and you got donations. So as you take action, the house starts to show up for you and people I'm sure have never said, oh, well, that's boring. Nobody needs that. Like, it sounds like every time you tell people what you're up to, they're like, this is needed. How can I be involved? Or they know someone who needs it and a referral source for you. And I think that's just continued validation that you are on the right track. So first of all, great job for not just taking this great experience and being like, oh, weekend away from the kids and now I'm going home and you're kind of staying stuck in that same spinning of the wheels, but you put pen to paper. You said no to that one job that when we were talking about it, I was like, do you want to do this? <laughs> and you immediately said no. <laughs> so we're going to listen to that. And you took action there, which creates brain space and time, of course, to add the nonprofit and continue to scale up your other businesses. Um, but then you took what you learned and you guys, this is what I want you to understand is the things that you learn are not just for you. Like there are things that you can spread into your family. And you did that with your 15 year old, which is like, like she does not know how cool this is until years later. Right. Um, because you're teaching her how to think, how to ask questions, how to respond, how to have a good conversation. And you're giving her powerful questions that sometimes adults don't even get to kind of work through and process. So I'd love to hear how some of those conversations have been. Um, well, so, so to start uh, a lot of them in the very beginning, the, when we would ask a question, it was, I don't know. And so there was immediate like shutdown of like, oh, I can't think about that. Or I don't want to think about that. Or I don't, um, I don't feel safe to be vulnerable and to share that. And through, I think us, um, creating that environment and sharing our vulnerabilities, um, I think that that has created more of a safety net for them to be able to share. And so now, um, now it's definitely more of a dialogue when it comes to asking. And it's like, we'll start with one and then we go back and forth and kind of, but what about this? And um, can we do that? And I'm hearing more from their, their interest and um, so I'm trying to think one specific thing would be they have a really hard time allowing themselves to do things that they like, such as skateboarding or hiking or even spending time art and journaling. And they've really gotten into their art and their journaling more and making sure that they had time for themselves. And I think that they see that because I'm doing that and um, we're asking questions and it's like, oh, well, if that makes me feel good and that actually helps me sleep better and not be as cranky and get more stuff done. Well then, yeah, I want to do that. Um, and my husband's doing the same thing. So it's been really great to have the conversations and be open and actually have a conversation, not just a quick yes or no, or maybe, or I don't know as an answer and explore, 
and connect our actions for the next day or the next week as a result of what we want. Wow. I'm so impressed. Um, you can blame me at, as much as you want. Like Denise is making me ask these questions. Yeah. These oh, questions yeah. are Denise. This, I'm so know. sorry, but yeah. Yeah. You totally can throw me under the bus and, and use me as a scapegoat anytime. Um, did you question, did you know that I have a teen journal and you, whether you did or did not, do you think that I could send you one and would you do it? Um, yes, I think that they would totally do it. Um, and I knew that you had one, just haven't gotten it yet. Um, gotten around to it. Um, it's similar to the adult ones, except I say time to read or something time to listen, time to write, time to pray. Like I label it differently. So it's not meditation. It's like time to listen, something like that. But there's yeah. also a habit tracker in the back and there's a list of affirmations. And yes. so I guess, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm like, I think adults need this. Yeah. Too, yeah. But there, there are definitely what we're working through now is there's sometimes that I can see like yeah, that doesn't apply to me. Or like, I'll have to change some of the language sometimes so that she can c- connect to it more. They can connect to it more. So, um, so yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. There is a need. There is a need. I will send it to you. And then, um, if she likes it, you can put it as a resource for your, in your research. Yes, yes, yes. And that, so one of the reasons why we created the nonprofit and statistically, I'm going to say a number that is the last number that I researched, but approximately 82% of new foster parents across the nation. So this isn't one little area, this across the nation, 82% will a quit after their first placement. So after the first child joins them, once they're reunified, um, they'll quit or within the first year, whichever comes first. And so that is where we said, okay, it's not about recruitment of these families. There's a part when it has to come to the training, the support, the retention, because if we spend all this time on recruiting families, we need to make sure that they know how to navigate not just the system, but their feelings. And as you mentioned, to come alongside their bio families, because we see that if I have a child in my home, I need to work with their family because the goal is reunification. So I need to be able to communicate with their family and be vulnerable. And they need to be vulnerable with me so that when the child goes home, they don't feel stuck in the center and they don't have extra trauma because they're no longer going to be working with me or seeing me and my family. But instead, um, there's additions to their family and there's additions to the connections. So their family, for example, when reunification happens, when the judge is gone, the social worker is gone, everybody else is gone, they have an addition as not just the resource or foster family, but the community or their church and other people around them to support them. And we've seen that not everybody can foster or wants to foster, but everyone has a heart for children is what we've learned, as you said. Like so many people are like, yes, I'll get behind it. And they just need to know that ask of how can I get involved? And that's really where um, the nonprofit kind of comes in is to be able to provide that resource. I love it. And some of the stories you were telling me, it really is. I mean, I'll say what I'm thinking and then we can unpack it if it's right or wrong. (laughs) I don't mean it to be rude, but one of the things that I've realized is we're kind of teaching, we're teaching communication. We're teaching, you know, when you have a lot of people highly emotionally invested or charged or taking things personally, 
you do not have good communication. And, and then there's more trauma that happens because the bio and the foster mom are not communicating well and the child is put in the middle. And, and it can be, it's, it's kind of shocking to think like, oh my gosh, these adults don't quite know how to communicate well. So then you have a, a really, we're, we're, you're teaching adults um, EQ, emotional quotient stuff, high communicate, you know, better communication, which everybody needs. This is not a one-sided conversation, but especially in an emotionally charged situation, they need support in that. And so hopefully that didn't sound rude, but I think it's a super valuable resource. No, it it's, it is. And then through that communication is the emotional skills, right? Because if we teach, if we model that, then our kids see that. And if we set up, so for example, if we have the power to make a decision for our child, but we're not taking in consideration emotional well-being or their communication. So for example, we decide, hey, you're going back home today, but they're in the middle of their um, SATs and you go, it doesn't matter. You're going back home today and you don't have no set idea of what's going on in their life. What if we just stopped and said, okay, you get to go home this week after your SATs are done. So we don't add an additional trauma to them. Um, or you get to go home at the end of the day today so that you can have time to pack up and you can say got- goodbye to your friends and your family. Um, and then next week, you're going to actually have a picnic with your foster family and your bio family all together um, so that you can continue to have them in your support in your circle. Um, that's really what it's about. And when we're teaching our kids that it's disruptive and it is instant, um, we're teaching them that relationships don't matter. And that's the biggest thing I think that we can come through is we need to teach them that communication is key and relationships matter. And we need to build through and work through things. But if we're just saying, okay, I'm going to pick you up right now and I'm going to remove you. Um, it doesn't feel good. And we all experienced it during COVID. We all experienced the disruption of our lives and how it felt not to be with our family or our coworkers or our churches. And if you can just think our foster children go through that every day. Well, and imagine living on eggshells, wondering if today's the day. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you're, you're speaking my language. Um, when, and what I, one of the things that I've kind of a, um, a conclusion I've come to over the years is if we all had secure attachment, um, whether that's in our youth or we grow into that as an adult in like a secure attachment is there, there's attachment styles and I won't get into the psychology of it all. Um, but there's three, one is secure attachment, which is like, I have a foundation and I'm deeply rooted and the wind can come, but I'm not going to it's like a palm tree, you know, in your, in your virtual background there, it doesn't waver even in the hurricane. And then you've got insecure attachment, which is like not rooted. And so a upset can come and I've, you know, um, I, I'm in the wind. And then there's even avoidant attachment, which is very interesting. And that, um, to me is like, there's walls up and there's, there's none, there's, that's probably the hardest shell to crack. Um, but we know that with these secure relationships, a secure attachment can be built, which will then open them up and really be 
have that inner strength again. And so you're not like SOL based on your childhood, but we do know that like, if I really do think that that's a foundation of our world, like if we had secure attachment and people really believed and knew how awesome they were, then they wouldn't be so, you know, um, upset in the hurricane, I guess I would say. And exactly. so it would be anchored. They would know who they are. They would have confidence who they are. They would be able to run with their ideas and say yes, even though they didn't ask any questions, right? Um, they would be able to follow their purpose because I feel that each one of us have a purpose and a gift. And if we were secure and attachments, then we would be able to reach out and ask for help and we would have a community to support us and we would feel good about it. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. It's a ripple effect, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So if you guys are interested in this attachment stuff, let me know, reach out to me on social media or leave a review. And I will um, create a podcast on this because I have thought about this as even being a foundational part of 90 U-turn and really am identifying your attachment style and where you are and how to shift it and that kind of thing. And I haven't created that lesson yet. So I would absolutely be interested in diving in and organizing all of this in a way that makes sense to people. So if you're interested in that, let me know. Um, Nicole, this is, somebody- your, nudge. This oh, is your nudge that you need. This is your nudge. This okay. is yes. <laughs> confirmation right here. Don't just think about it, Denise. Um, let's get it done. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to put it on my calendar (laughs) and then I'll message you when it's done. So you can hold me accountable. Perfect. So if somebody is interested now, I know you're in the California area. If somebody's interested in learning more about your nonprofit or how they can support you or be, you know, in your collaborator list of people who, you know, are a part of your organization or whatever, um, what should they do? Should they email you connect with you on Facebook? What's the easiest way? Um, yeah, Facebook would be fine. Um, email, um, is long, but it is what, okay, go ahead. Well, just message it to me and I will put it. There you go. Cause I was like, it's really long and I'm going to have to spell it for you. So (laughs) you just took probably two minutes out of our day. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Everything will be in the show notes below you guys. So if you are curious and you want to add value, or if you have questions, or maybe you have experience in this, that you believe would add value to Nicole and what she's creating. The cool thing is, is you're seeing a dream birthed, you guys. You're seeing her take this dream that she's had for years, actually put it on the calendar and, and start moving with it. And, you know, in five years, it'll be really cool to look back at this moment and say, this is what it looks like to birth an idea and actually get it out into the world. It truly starts with that conversation. Um, and then, you know, one step in front of the other. So let's circle back to the dream life adventure. If you have somebody who is like, I'm thinking about it, I'm curious, what's it like? Um, but they aren't quite sure if they should pull the trigger on saying yes to this event, what would you tell them? Quick question yourself. Just do it. Um, just, just get it done. Trust your gut. If there is a reason why you're thinking about it, it is because it, it is needed. Um, and just like I said, there's a compound effect. There's uh, a community and networking. There's the follow-up. There's so many other aspects to it that you have to, in my opinion, just experience it for yourself. So if you have a pull for any reason um, and you're green, so you need the details, then ask the questions so that you can have the loyal commitment. But if you're um, a blue person, you're going to have fun. You're going to do it together. There's going to be community. 
Um, if you have an idea that you want or I'm um, kind of wavering and you're there for your community and you're always thinking of others, do it because you're missing out on the opportunity to serve others if you don't. And if you're like me and you're red, you already signed up. So um, I would definitely encourage you if it's just, you got to water the seed. So if you're thinking about it, just do it. You have to have your own experience and quit, quit thinking about it. Just get it done. It's so seriously so much fun. It really is so much fun and such a game changer. So thank you, Nicole, for saying yes. I loved our weekend together. And, you know, as much, I often say the aha moments sometimes happen in the hot tub, you know, yes, there's formal conversations, but there's also hikes and there's also dinner side chats. There's also all this other time that we have where we get to pick each other's brain and ask questions and you just leave lighter. So I'm excited, not just that you came and said yes and had fun, but that you took that and you're already starting to domino and impact the community around you, starting first with your family. So I am going to, I'll send you a signed teen book and um, we will be in touch and you can let me know what your 15 year old thinks as she goes through it. And um, I'm excited to support you on your journey. So you guys, we have a dream life adventure coming up in October. This one is in Destin, Florida. We always do a dream dinner on that last night. So you'll have your own experience of stepping into five years from now. And then our main activity, we're going to do an outdoor activity, whether it's a hike or a bike ride or something like that. Um, but then we're also going on a helicopter ride. And so that is going to be super fun, unique, And the theme for Destin is stepping into your destiny in Destin. And it really, the exercises are going to be geared towards elevating your vision. So we're going to be kind of flying high uh, to see the big picture and, um, and solidify and even grow that vision for where, what is truly possible in this journey. So the link for that will be below as well. Let me know if you've got any questions or if you're ready to just sign up. I recommend it. Um, we only have 18 spots available and we keep it small because we want to actually get to talk to people. Um, this is not a thing that's going to grow to 200 plus. You know, We really keep these intimate so we get good conversations and, and we'd love to have you there. So Nicole, thanks again so much. Is there anything you want to add or anything on your notes that I didn't ask you about before we say goodbye? No, um, I just appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, um, I've been watching you for a while. And so there's an exclusiveness that I've always wanted to be a part of. And, you know, until you are a part of the adventure um, with Dream Life, once you see it, once you believe it, you put everything together, then you actually have to put the footwork in um, and everything has shown up. Everything literally has shown up for me. And I just can't wait to see what the next five years is. Um, And I appreciate all your support and I encourage everybody to do the same. Yay. Reunion time. We're like, all right, let's, we'll do it. We'll do it. (laughs) All right, you guys have an amazing afternoon. Thank you for being here and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.